So at our shows, and there's a bunch of dogs running around, we've had comedians step on poop, going up to the mic. It's like good luck when a bird poops on you, right? Mm. Isn't that same? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's good luck. So, you know, why can't it work with dog poop? so much for joining us today and I know it's a little bit chaotic but I wanted to kind of create what it feels like when you go to a must love dogs and comedy show we're at Boris and Horton right now which is a coffee shop in New York City in the East Village that is a dog friendly coffee shop and first I would just love for you guys to give a little bit of background into who you are and what you do outside of Muscle of Dogs and comedy. Well, yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. And chaotic joy is like the vibe that we classify our shows by. <laughs> I think that's like the, the vibe of this at all times. So I'm Jolie, and I'm one of the co-founders of Muscle of Dogs and Comedy. And I'm Nick Polanka. I'm also a co-founder of Muscle of Dogs and Comedy. And I think Jolie summed it up. It's never a dull moment. Not the show. It's always joy. It's chaotic. It's a puppy licking you left and right. It's, it's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> so a little bit about us. Um, we started Must Love Dogs and Comedy October of 2021. And then February of 2022, we became a small business. And June 1st, 2022, I quit my real job in air quotes um, to focus on it full time. So outside of Must Love Dogs and Comedy, I do must love dogs and comedy. Like it's just my my main focus, and I'm I'm a comedian. So Jolie, she's really good. I think uh, comics, sponsorships. I do more of like the tech sales. It's operational, so it blends really well with the operational side of must love dogs and comedy. That sounds like Julia and I. Mm -hmm. The ops, anything the ops and finance and legal. Yeah, yes. she's behind the scenes of that. Or none of like we wouldn't record anything if it weren't for if it weren't for Julia. Yeah. What what was your real quote real job before? Yeah, that yeah, before yeah. this, I have a background in higher education. So I've worked at colleges and universities up and down the East Coast in um, higher ed. But right before I made the jump into Must Love Dogs and Comedy, I was a career coach at a tech boot camp. So people would come into a boot camp, leave with the skills to be a software engineer, and I would help them on their job search. So I kind of pretty much like took all of that job search advice and was like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to it. <laughs> I'm going to jump into a small business and, and see how we can get it to grow. She's two for two helping me get a job. So she's <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. If anybody needs her services. Yes. Call one-on-one uh, <laughs> -on -one coaching. <laughs> and how long have you both been in New York for? Me, only about four years now. I've been in New York since 2001. Okay. I was born in the Dominican Republic, and I came in 2001. Okay. And you're, you do stand-up. I do stand-up, So yeah. tell me, if, I mean, I... I Dated a couple stand-ups, so I, I'm I have, sorry. I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank <laughs> you, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I want you to kind of paint a picture, if you can, of just like what the standard com comedy scene looks like in New York so that we can paint a picture of how different 
the vibe is with Must Love Dogs and Comedy. Yes. So uh, when Nick and I first started dating, I was not a comedian. So I feel like I, I trapped him. Yeah. No, it's like, she's actually, when you have dated me, I was a comedian. I'm like, hell no. <laughs> I'll be straight honest. Absolutely not. I know. I was like, I, I, I trapped you. You fell in love with me. And then I was like, I want to do comedy. He's <laughs> like, no. Uh, so comedy scene outside of our shows, I think like obviously very different for a lot of reasons. Um, traditional comedy clubs, you think about it, it's downstairs. It's in a dark room. It's in a club. You're kind of, I don't know, and like sitting pretty close with other people, but it's, it's very dark. It's very focused on the comedian telling the stories. And there's just like a, a darker kind of, I don't want to say secretive energy about it, but kind of we're all sitting here in this like dark room laughing, sharing this experience together. Obviously not any dogs running around or peeing on the floor or <laughs> barking and heckling the comedians. So at our shows, even just like with the lighting, like it's very bright. It's very open. There's a bunch of dogs running around. We've had comedians step on poop going up to the mic. Uh, it's it's so, good luck for that to happen. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so a lot of heckling. It's like good luck when a bird poops on you, right? Mm. Isn't that saying that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's good luck. So, yeah. you know, why can't it work with dog poo? <laughs> I, always, I always tell Jolie, too, because I always like to observe the audience member. And I always see lots of pairs. So people, they go on dates. So it's a great way to tell somebody, hey, are oh, we in the same wavelength in terms of comedy? And do you also like dogs? Because if you don't, it's not going to work out. So it's a great way to vet a potential partner as well. I like that. I like that. You start to wean people out. Yeah. So what are your backgrounds with dogs or with pets? Like, did you grow up crazy dog people? Did you grow up being afraid of dogs? Like, how did dogs enter your worlds? So I had a couple of chihuahuas, but I was in the Dominican. So my parents said, you know, it's most Hispanic people. We love chihuahuas. So I had a couple of chihuahuas growing up, but when I came to the U.S., my mom did not want any chihuahuas whatsoever. So it was a, a little bit of a time gap before I had another dog until I met Joey. So. But I actually did not grow up with any pets at all. Like, I mean, I tell you, like hamsters and guinea pigs, but those like don't really count. And I'm sorry if you're a hamster or guinea pig man, um, but it, it, you know, like you're not gonna walk it, you're not gonna do all the, you know, all those fun things. So I never really had pets, and I was actually really, really, really afraid of dogs growing up. Um, in middle school, I uh, was in the parking lot of a Coles, not sponsored. Um, this podcast is not sponsored by Coles yet. <laughs> but uh, I, I was in the parking lot with my mom and my dad, and. Um, there was a car driving and it had two really, really big dogs in it. And the dogs got in front of the driver and he couldn't see me. And he hit me with the car when he was driving. And I like went up on the windshield and like fell down. And oh so I was God. like, dogs are bad. They, they hurt me. And I was fine, but it was just like a scary experience. And I was just very scared of them. Um, but then when I was in grad school, um, a few years ago, I was going through like a very tough time emotionally. And when I was in therapy, my therapist suggested that I look into getting an emotional support animal. I did a lot of research and that's when I ended up adopting Nope and she became my emotional support animal. And tell us about Nope. What is she like? How did you decide that she was the one that was going to be your support system? Yeah, I, I was talking about this earlier today. 
the group of people, but it was like I, I not having pets growing up. I didn't really know what to expect. So I was, I, same thing. I was like, how do I know what dog is for me? And everybody would always say very vague and unhelpful things like you'll just know. It, it, it's a good vibe. And I was like, what am I dating these dogs? You know, like, <laughs> like I'm the bachelorette or something like that. Like, can I have a one-on-one with Lucky or whatever the dog's name was? Um, but I went to a bunch of different um, animal rescue centers and, you know, so, oh, I like this one. I like the size because I was like kind of thinking about my schedule and then just literally spent one-on-one time with them to see, all right do we get along well? Is this like, do, do I feel it? Was I, I was being vulnerable my heart out there. Uh, and I was like, ready for hometowns, you know, so all of these things. Uh, but I eventually, when I found Nope, she was so scared. She was so scared. They told me that her owner had passed away. And so she was surrendered to the shelter. She was about like a year and a half old. And I took her outside and she was like sniffing around a little bit. And I sat in the grass and she just sat on my lap and just like laid her head there. And I was like, that's a sign. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what they were saying. Exactly. They said, you'll just know. Exactly. And then I was like, <laughs> and literally, I was like, oh, my God, I feel it. They were yeah. right. They were right. So, so did she get a rose? or She did get a rose <laughs> and $50 from my Chase college checking account. <laughs> so. And what kind of dog is no? What you, uh, so we, what, what we thought and then what yeah. she was. So we thought she was a bull healer cattle dog because she has that build she has a fur that would incline that she's a blue healer cattle dog she's actually a pit predominantly a pit terrier i believe yeah i would have never guessed that have you seen your dog? Yeah. yeah i guess a little I bit of german shepherd that. and a little bit australian cattle dog. yeah I, it was, I was blindsided with she's a pit what yeah and it's we little... did two different dna tests two mm-hmm. like different companies they both said the same thing same thing so, yeah. ours is so cool though the yeah. fact that you can that yeah. 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 A little scary, but like <laughs> pretty cool. Wait, so wait, did you have note before Nick? Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> no, she is she came into my lap in my life. So. <laughs> yes. I, I got nope in twenty seventeen and I met you in twenty twenty eighteen. Yeah. So what was that like? You hadn't had dogs for a while. You meet her. And then, it was, what, what for you, were you like, okay, whoever I am with, no, needs to love them. Not even just like them, yeah. but like, they need to love the person that I'm going to be seeing. Definitely. I mean, she's a huge part of my life. And so, just taking her around to even things in the city before I did comedy and before we started the show, like, I would take her to all these dog-friendly things. And I was like, if a partner is not going to like her, like, that's a huge part of my life and that's not going to work out. So, what did like, you think when you met her? The first time I met her, she was like, she looks like a little cow. She had a lot of hair. I was like, Christ, this is going to ruin my pants, <laughs> my shoes. But she's worth it because Jolie's, you know, she's one of a kind. Made the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> Who sheds more, me or Nope? That's a very close competition, but Nope. Just a little bit. Just a little, Just a little bit. Nope. So that's a big one. <laughs> And, and when you got Nope, you know, what your therapist had you know, said to you, what other people had said about yeah. sort of the value of having a companion animal in your life, did, was that true for you? Oh, my gosh, yes. Very, very true. So I was uh, struggling, still struggling with um, PTSD from being in an abusive relationship and, and navigating 
anxiety, depression, and just, you know, feeling really kind of troubled with that. And when she came into my life, didn't go away, but it was a lot easier to navigate when I'm feeling these triggers and things like that, to have that companionship. And, and she could tell when I was struggling and when I'm, I'm feeling down and, you know, they just sense it like, right. They, they have that, uh, that sense to just lay on your lap or put a paw on you or something. And it's just very reassuring and feeling like, you know, things are going to be okay. And I, I want to be able to take care of this and myself and be able to be my best self so I can take care of her as well. That. No, I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure I have like various anxiety issues that are undiagnosed, etc. But I was recently in the UK and had all of my flights home canceled for days and days. And was like, oh my god, super stressed out and freaking out. And my husband and I went to a pub just to like try to decompress. And the person next to us had a dog, and as soon as that dog sat in my lap, I was like, it's gonna be okay. Like I, I feel better already. I have this like little furry thing that. I can tell you, it took me from like meltdown mode here back to back down to earth. Yeah, dogs definitely do have that effect, and I think that it. I think there's something that's nice about it, as far as like taking the focus away from the anxiety and stress that you're feeling. That maybe you give too much energy to, if that that yeah, makes sense. Not yeah. to say that you should avoid dealing with your exactly, problems, but yeah. I think sometimes we put such an emphasis and focus on our own stress or certain things we're struggling with and the dogs kind of help take away the focus from that onto something else and just pouring your love and heart into something else. And do you think that helps during the comedy shows as well? Do you think the presence of dogs in the room has an impact on the comedians? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. No. Just in general, having the dogs there. Absolutely. I love it. I mean, after a long day of just hearing people talk about technology, it's a refresher to come to the show Hear some comedy, play with some dogs. Also, it's, yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's many people who just have that same enthusiasm and that refresher of the feeling mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, you're just happy, you're smiling. And we tell the comedians, I mean, it's a hard room to play in if you're a comedian because yeah. you're fighting for a lot of attention. But it's like, okay, if I'm, if, okay, this joke didn't land very well a dog's barking or everybody's like smiling and laughing and watching the dogs play. So it's just like a lot of joy. Yeah. I, um, I remember I took a theater in high school, so I was like a theater kid. I remember our, uh, our instructor, our teacher said that the two hardest people to be, or the two hardest things to share a stage with as a performer are children and animals. Yes. <laughs> because as soon as an animal walks on stage or enters the space, you can't help but watch it because it is so good at being itself that no actor can ever act as well True. as that animal being yeah. itself. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> they get they, sometimes they get the biggest laughs on the show. That's well. It my dog was uh, the flower girl at my friend's wedding a few weeks ago, and the photographer saw her and she was in her cute flower dress and had a flower girl collar. And I mean, I will admit she looked amazing, um, but. The photographer kept focusing on her, and I think he was so enamored with Ruthie. I had to be like, hey, my friend's the one getting married. We should take some photos of her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your friend gets her photos back. I don't want my friend to back. get her yeah. wedding album back, and it's just Ruthie. Ruthie. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely, like, it def- your focus does definitely shift to an animal when it's present. Mm-hmm. So you you start doing comedy. And then you, you said you started this in 2021. 
what sparked the idea that I need to do it? Like comedy's not hard enough. Let me <laughs> let me start a show where there's more chaos. Yes, exactly. So when, uh, coming out of quarantine, it was like uh, probably April 2021 when things were like opening back up and you can go do things again. And I was leaving the house to go to open mics and to go to shows and to do all these things. And every time I went to leave, I would look back and nope, it's just like so sad. She's like, you've been sitting on the couch with me for two years. Now you're like, well, where are you going? Right. And so I was like, man, it makes me feel bad having to leave. And then you were saying that your friends adopting dogs. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my friends, they adopted dogs. And when things started to open up, they couldn't go outside because their dogs ripped their shoes, ripped their couches, just rip everything apart. Is that that's separation anxiety? So I'm like, Meg, I want to meet up with people. I, I can't I can't leave my dog alone. It's too expensive to get a sitter every single time. Yeah. I want to go outside. I'm like, I hear you, man. It's you're not the only one. There's so many of us that are going through that same experience. So I'm like, Joey, you do comedy. I hear this all over the spectrum. People they wanna take their dogs outside with them. So why not find a dog friendly place that we can do comedy and they can bring their dogs too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it's kind of you know fulfilling that that need for ourselves and like our other people, um, other yeah. friends and, and people. Cause it's like, if we're feeling like this, other people might be feeling like yeah. this too. Um, and then uh, also wanting to create our own space for a comedy show because comedy is still in the industry of very specific people getting stage time and very specific identities getting stage time. So, uh, split between like the club scene and the alternative comedy scene, we wanted to create a space where, audience members can bring their dogs and it's fun and joyful, but also a space for performers to be on a show that they might not be able to be on in Manhattan and that comedy scene as well. And I think what's cool about what you do is you have someone that's taking photos. You're, I, I've been to a couple of the shows where you had someone filming it too. And so that's always nice for the comedians to have for themselves, like actually high quality content from the shows that they're doing versus them just setting it up on their iPhone, which I know a lot of them do. They record their sets or they record it on their voice memo. Yeah. And <laughs> then they have nothing else to show from the show they were on. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's kind of like a, a gatekeeping barrier for a lot of things. Um, so even to be on our show, we have a open submission form that comedians can fill out like your name, a short little bio about you. And then we ask for a clip to see some of your performances. Uh, it's like, we, we want to see your tape. We want to see your five minute tape. And some people are like, I don't have one. And even for our show, which is like very low stakes, you know, for people to, to try to be on it. It's like, okay, well, if we're booking people and we're talking to people, we can, you know, give them this high quality video, like you said, so they can use for other shows, they can use for festivals. And maybe not having that piece of material is keeping you from trying to further your career in comedy because you don't have one. So trying to give them some more um, material to use and to put out there and to get some more views and, and likes and follows for themselves as well. And you definitely have a very diverse group of people that come and do, I mean, perform. It's like across all spectrums, I feel like uh, the type of comedian you're getting and just a person that's coming up on stage. That's yeah, really cool so, because do the events help the dogs on multiple levels, like the separation anxiety or the other initiatives that they support, but then the dogs are also helping people and sort of develop their careers and have something that really 
um, helpful staying away from it it's cool i mean i'm in the mindset if if we're going to do this i want to do it right so i want to give them a great video great experience yeah very good audio because what's the point of having good video if you can't hear them yeah you can't hear the punch so that's something that i really want to impress on them so that at the end of the day it's something that Seeing them have a good time, have a good experience, the audience, the members, that makes my day. Yeah. That's what I do professionally, and I like to extend that into my personal life, and I see the joy in their face, and for me, that's, that's worthwhile, Yeah. Honestly. I know we've, we've said that we want it, obviously, to be a, a good space for audience yeah. members. We really want it to be a good space for comedians, because we want to be the comedy show that every comic in New York wants to be on, right? Yeah. Because we're, we're running such a, a professional, tight ship, and you're coming here, you're going to have a good time. You're going to be in front of a sold out audience. You're going to get pictures. You're going to get videos. You're going to get paid. We pay our performers, right? So, Which is not a common thing. <laughs> Maybe they'll get drinks at some of these if shows. At the end. Yeah, but they do not get paid every time. No. no. Sometimes you have to pay. Yeah. Pay <laughs> <laughs> to play comedy. Literally, yeah. Or, hey, you can perform tonight if you bring five to ten uh, people. Yeah, like the, the bringers, bring, Yeah, bring yeah. shows. shows. Yeah. yeah like barriers, you know, people, I mean, you got to sell tickets, right? So I, I get it in, in a sense, but it is, it's a tough space to navigate. So we do try to really create a space that's supportive for up and coming individuals, as well as like more established comedians to, to come and perform as well. So you don't have a thing where you have to bring two dogs at least. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine that type of bringer show? <laughs> There's like a hundred dogs. <laughs> So maybe a little too much. Yeah, too much. <laughs> and I, I think we should note too that you raise money as well for animal rescue for these shows during these shows. How much have you raised since you started? Think since we started, we're almost at nine thousand. That's 9, amazing. Raised, mm -hmm. so it's a good chunk of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just doing two shows a month. Really, beginning in February, two shows a yeah. month. That's when we started to to raise money. So, yeah. so I wanted to ask when we talked about dogs being very sensitive and aware of human body language, emotions. Can you feel a shift in the dog's energy during any of the comedy shows? Like things get like especially funny or like a little or tense. someone's blowing it. Right. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Someone's Bombing. like melting down, whatever. Can you see an energy change with the dogs or are they just like consistently tail wagging? I see an energy change if there is one dog amongst them all that's just ready to park. That, <laughs> that one just got all of them riled up and I, I love it. I think it's hilarious because then, then they all get riled up and the comics see that and they rip off each other so yeah it just takes one little pop which usually there is for a sure. troublemaker yeah, yeah, yeah. a troublemaker but they're cute so they can yeah, get away they're ready to play so they're, they're, a couple times we'll yeah. hear some growling um but for the most part it's good heckling it's good when it's good. they're barking because they'll the comedian will be like it's so hot outside and then a dog would be like and they'll be like, I know, right? See, they agree with me. And it's just like a really fun to riff off of because you, they're, they're so uh, unpredictable. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I think, too, you started this show at such a perfect time as far as what I feel like I've noticed with people is we're so much more eager to want to go do things and experience joy because we were locked in for so long. And I think especially, too, we've talked about a lot about this on other episodes of just 
the connection that I think people really started developing with animals during the pandemic, whether it was through social media content they were following or they ended up getting a dog for the first time. And I think people are just eager to have joyful experiences now and to do things that they probably wouldn't have really done prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's just, at any given point in time, so much going on, and the news is just doom scrolling so heavy, so it's like to not only just be in your physical space and consume content, like on your phone, like on social media, but to be outside of your home and to be with a community of other people and just be very present with your dog, with other people's dogs, and just laugh, and and just be in a place that's just like, I know I'm going to go here, I'm going to get some good food, good drinks see a lot of cute dogs and, and see some really funny comedians and just leave happier than when I came in. Definitely. I mean, it's a Friday night. It's a lot of other things that people can do, but it yeah. just shows a lot that so we're sold out Friday evening. Yeah, and you're sold out. I have, like As soon as I see the yeah. tickets, I'm like, I got to get a ticket because I know it's going to be Someone I'm waiting to like post the full lineup, the comments, and they still sell out. Yeah. So it's not necessarily about the yeah. comedy, but it's just the environment that people want to be a part of. Yeah. It really what it comes down to. And for somebody who might be interested in attending one of the shows, I'm just curious, like, what is the comedy style? Like, it's stand-up. Is it all dog-focused, animal-focused? Is none of it about dogs? Like, <laughs> what, what do people talk about? Um, a wide variety of things. So we, we classify ourselves as a variety show. I would say heavily leaning towards stand-up, but every now and then we'll have um, a character performer or uh, a musical comedian or a sketch comedy type thing. Um, so kind of open to different styles of comedy, not only focused on dog material. That's what the comedians say. They'll say, do I have to only do 10 minutes of dog jokes? I'm like, no, it's okay. You don't have to say anything about dogs. You just have to not be afraid of them or allergic to them to be on the show. Um, Dog-friendly does not mean kid-friendly. It's something we run into a lot. Um, just because, you know, we, we book outside comedians, and we're not one to, like, censor the material for our shows. So we would have to book different clean comics yeah. if we wanted to do dog-friendly and kid-friendly. So it is recommended for ages 18 and up. And when you started reaching out to comedians to do this show... What was the initial response? Was it hard to find comedians to do it, or did you find generally that it was fairly easy? Um, it was pretty open. So I think the first couple of shows, like we proactively reached out to some people that I just met in the comedy community and at open mics and open shows. And honestly, like especially being a comedian in New York and trying to grow and build your um, your career, you will literally perform anywhere that somebody gives you a mic. Like I've performed on rooftops. I've performed on the sidewalk of in front of a brewery, you know, so it's not unheard of to perform in these alternative spaces outside of clubs. So I think people were excited to just get stage time. But then when we said, hey, there's this dog piece to it and it's also for social good, people were really excited about that. I, I, I want to emphasize that comedians will do comedy pretty much anywhere. One of my exes got offered to do perform at a nudist wedding <laughs> where he also had to be nude. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a first. And he was going to do it, but ended up not working out for some reason. But he was like, I'll do it for the experience, yes. too, just to like have a story to tell. But yes. it is true. You 
they'll you perform so pretty much places. anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm wondering, like, for the improv comedians, like, do you ever have anybody say, hey, can I get a, uh, a word from the audience and, like, have the dogs start barking? <laughs> we haven't done too much, like, improv. Um, I think because they need, like, longer periods of time typically yeah. to, like, do it. And just with the setup of the venue, it's typically, not all the time, right? Like one or two people could do it, but it's typically teams of people that might be like five or six of them. And I just think space-wise, oh, right. yeah, yeah, there's yeah. not enough space for them. But, you know, in, in different venues, we're definitely open to that. Um, all different types of comedy, for sure. And what about your comedy? You're a comedian. Like, what? How do you describe your style of comedy? What are some of the things that you like to talk about, don't like to talk about? Mm. I want to, how would you describe my comedy? Completely deadpan. No, I'm Dead joking. No, 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 it's not deadpan, no. It's very um, situational comedy, I'd say. She takes her situational experiences and the setting and people's responses and throws her own sarcasm into her own wittiness into it. And I mean, I live it every single day, so... Get a for better or for worse. Yes, for better or for worse. I would just yes. like to go on the record and say that he did not classify my comedy as funny. Um, so <laughs> let the record show that. No, but I, Nick is right. I do talk a lot about um, different situations, like experiences, stories. I talk a lot about my perceptions of myself and how other people view me. Talk a lot about my body being plus size, um, some sort of like through the lens of observational comedy and, and situational comedy. Um, I would say, yeah, just truth telling my personal truth, not too blue, not too crazy like that. Yeah, she, she hit it right on the mark. <laughs> <laughs> I love deadpan. I do too. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I just I don't think I come across that way. No, it's just, in the beginning when I saw Dead Pan Comedians, I was like, what the heck am I watching? But it's so different. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good character. You take your eyes off. Yeah. So, I love Dead Pan yeah. Comics. It's, it's great. I think I play like a heightened version, yes. like a heightened character of myself. So I'm very introverted. And so it, it takes a lot for me to like put on and, and be on and be engaged and and be in with the audience and uh, just kind of command the room with that confidence. And then after a show, especially after our shows here, you'll be like, oh, let's grab a drink. And I'm like, literally, no, I'm going to go sit on the couch. Like, I'm so tired. <laughs> You're spent at that point. But yes. we've seen that with a lot of our guests who have created online identities for their animals. A lot of those oh. guests are actually would describe themselves as introverted. Yeah. And the dogs become a way for them, or the animals become a way for them to either showcase a part of their identity that they don't get to express in their day-to-day -day lives or for them to almost step into somebody else's identity yeah. and be somebody completely different from who they are. It's really oh, interesting. Yeah, that is cool, yeah. Yeah, and I feel, um, I think too, like stand-up is an interesting space as well because you have to be, I mean, it's a very vulnerable position to put yourself in, to get up on stage and try to make people laugh and it's like you have to remove all ego yeah to to just allow yourself to even get up there i feel like yeah yeah it's it's definitely like standing up being whatever character you're, you're choosing to be when you go up there but saying that this is who i am take it or leave it and, and knowing it might not be for everybody and that's okay um i've definitely bombed like i've definitely said some things that like aren't that great but 
um, in one space and then it worked really well in another too. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's fun. I, I like it and it's been a really good way to kind of process different things that I've been going through in my life. And especially during the pandemic, um, taking classes and, and learning more about it was definitely a, a positive escape from everything that was going on. Now, you quit your job to pursue Must Love Dogs and comedy full-time. I mean, I imagine you did not envision your life being here in this moment of, like, I'm going to be running a business focused around dogs and comedy. What is, what is that like for you now to kind of be living out this new vision for yourself and what's next for you guys as far as how you continue building this? Yeah, Oh, no. <laughs> In case anyone's wondering what's happening, uh, Anya's dog, Ruthie, just took a giant pee in the middle of the dog cafe, and a bunch of other people are now panicking and pointing at the pub. <laughs> so we need we need a mop clean over up here. On we need to clean up. We need to clean up. Who do we get the? Oh, I think. All right. All right. All right. All right. Ruthie. Ruthie, come here. Oh, there you are. <laughs> She looks. She looks so proud. <laughs> she does. Like, look what I did. Look what I oh did. Oh my god. Okay, they got it. They got it. <laughs> the wonderful staff at Morrison are taking care of it. We actually we did interview uh, Logan. Yeah, who's yeah. The, who's the founder of? Uh, Boris and Horton, and that was one of the things that she had mentioned in the interview. She's like, "You got to be okay with the the chaos." Dogs peeing and pooping in here sometimes. It's just oh, like, yes. don't expect it to be your fancy coffee shop where yeah. everyone's wearing headphones and in their own world. Like this is this is not for the faint of heart. As far as if you're like looking for peace and quiet, I would say but who wants that? I, I do want it, yeah. but not all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can be like that way. I mean, I I have nights where like I just don't want to talk to anybody. It's just like it's me and some music or a book, and then days where you're like I really need to go and hit hit the social energy yeah. <laughs> hit the town right at the dog park is sometimes a happy medium yeah yeah you're out with other people but not necessarily I don't know you might be like talking and then chatting up with other people months might not be um but before Ruthie uh peed oh, yes, um, <laughs> what's next for you guys what what's on the docket bringing the show you know to different neighborhoods in the city right People, they always mention to us, we would want to go to your show, but it's hard to take my dog on the train, or it's an expensive Uber to get to Boris and Horn. Right? So I think in the short term, like doing shows perhaps in Astoria, in Park Slope, we'll love to do one in Dykeman, and just bring some, you know, comedy to my Dominican, you know, uh, people up there. So it will be a great opportunity to just bring the energy, bring uh, the chaotic joy to different neighborhoods and cities. Yeah, Long Island City. Please Long do Island City. Long Island City. And there's actually a bar there called The Baroness that does um, like a dog beauty show. Oh, once fun. a month during yeah. the summer. So they're already like into yeah, the idea okay. of doing animal or like, dog events. But the that, that's where I live, and the dog community there is insane. Yeah. But to your point, like for me to bring Smudge, who has like a little bit of anxiety already on the subway, it's not happening. Yeah. And like Ubers, like they get expensive. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, oh I'm yeah. In favor for road show. Yeah. So <laughs> trying to, you know, balance like we don't want to have too many shows that people are like, oh god, another muscle yeah. dogs comedy show, jeez. Um, but being able to bring it into different neighborhoods in the city, um, so more people can come with their dogs that might not only be able to make it to the East Village for, for our shows. Well, I'm really excited 
for you guys. And I can't wait to go to another show and continue to bring more friends and continue to bring Ruthie. Um, I want to end with a few rapid fire questions oh, though, that are specific around note. Okay. So if Nope had a human voice, how would she sound? And can you do an impersonation of this? Do you want us to both answer it like separately? Sure. Okay. <laughs> nope had a human voice. What would she sound like? And can I do an impression? I think that she would be just like, huh, my life is so hard. I just lay here all day and just look cute. And it's just so hard. And somebody's got to do it. And it's going to be me. I think that's what she would sound like. Uh, <laughs> like me. <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. I say Joey. I say Joey. <laughs> I want to say, like, do a leap up, but I can't impersonate Joey. <laughs> Well, I would love to hear you try. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I would, if you like Joey or do a leap, and that would be her human manifestation, her voice. You heard it here first. Me and Dua Lipa on the same wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> and Dua. We're coming to a porous and Oh, my gosh. She's, she's opens for our show. I think you would definitely sell out. <laughs> Not that you already don't. They do, but, like, yeah. You'd have a whole line around the block for sure. If Nope could commit a crime, what crime would she want to commit and get away with? Steal a pizza box from any pizza shop. Mm -hmm. I was going to say stealing, too. Because she's always trying to eat stuff off the ground. Always. Oh, yeah. Always. But that would be her biggest heist. A pizza box from like Jill's Pizza or Linda Street yeah, Pizza. Yeah, she'd love to get pizza. She would have herself a day for sure. <laughs> and if Nope were to give you a name, if she could name you guys, what would she name you? She'd probably call me Poppy. So. Sure. I talk to her in Spanish all the time. So. You do talk to, talk to her in Spanish. <laughs> and I always, you know, tell my parents, Mommy and Poppy, so that's probably the word she hears the most. So. Um, like I think... She would call me. I think she would just be like, "Hey, bitch!" Like I think it would just, I think it would be like an endearing bitch. <laughs> Poppy and bitch. Well, on that note, thank you, Poppy and bitch, for joining us tonight, today. Poppy and bitch. That's me. Our new early trademark. It was a lot of fun, and congrats on the success of the show. And looking forward to seeing its growth. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate. It.